This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Breaking Banks Europe, episode 87. And today we bring you an ecosystem zoom in on Estonia. Estonia is one of the leading countries when it comes to fintech startups, startups, uh, all things digital. So a recent report um, listed that there was at least 215 companies registered in Estonia that could be considered fintech. We all know why Skype, um, also companies such as Modular Bank, Monies, and Paxful are all born out of Estonia. And today we bring you three players in the Estonian fintech startup space. So I'd like to welcome my three guests, Alexi Kolesnikov, the regional manager at Bolt, startup mentor and angel investor. We have Risto Rossar, founder and CEO of Insley, and Alan Martinson, CEO at Solo. Welcome, gentlemen. So, Alexi, um, can you start off by introducing yourself um, for those of our listeners who may not know what Bolt is, which I highly doubt? Um, could you give us a bit more context and, yeah, a bit more about kind of your mentorship? and angel investing? Sure, I would love to. Thanks for asking. Uh, first of all, Bolt is a, I would say, yeah, let's start differently. Our key priority is we're the right hailing platform, meaning we provide urban mobility such as the taxi platform, the uh, scooter rental, and since May, we also have the car sharing unit, which is you know the quick, almost instant rental of cars in the cities. However, we also have other verticals such as food delivery. And right now we're also building the so-called uh, dark stores vertical or you know the marketplace for groceries, etc. And that's pretty much what I'm doing for 95% of my well, professional time and also a lot of uh, my free time. Otherwise, I'm also a mentor at the local startup accelerator, which is called Technopole. So pretty much what I'm doing here with Technopole is all those tactics and strategies which I learned at Bolt. I try to bring them to the other younger generation of startups so that, you know, at least the next generation could avoid some of the mistakes or build the operations more efficiently. And since last year, I've also started to do agent investing a bit. Super, thanks and, and welcome, Alexi. Um, Risto, who are you and can you tell us a bit more about Insley? Uh, yes, I'm from Estonia. Surprise, surprise. And uh, I mean, uh, spending most of my working time building uh, insure tech companies. The first one I did in the year 2000, that was digital insurance broker company. Uh, I sold that. And from 2014 onward, I've been focusing on uh, Insley. So Insley is the software for uh, insurance businesses, uh, MGAs um, and insurance brokers. 
and we have customers uh, all over the world. And, and also, I'm quite active uh, angel investor myself. Uh, I have clearly over 20 companies in my portfolio. I, I work very closely with, I think, most of the Estonian insured tech companies, um, but actually it's quite many in Estonia. And, um, and yeah, that's what I do, build Lindsley and uh, help uh, insured tech, other insured tech companies uh, as much as I can. Super. Thank you. And welcome, Risto. And lastly, Alan, um, can you talk to us a bit more about Zolo? Um, when did you found Zolo and kind of what brought you towards, uh, yeah, the, the path towards Zolo? Sure. Uh, thanks a lot. First of all, about my own background, I've been either founding, managing or investing in uh, businesses in the last 30 years, uh, mostly in technology and media sector, So, which makes me a bit of like a dinosaur on, on the market and among the community. But um, it's, there is also an interesting career uh, twist I had. Uh, I spent about 10 years in venture capital and then decided to go back to operational roles and, uh, in different companies in, in very different sectors. But it's Xolo. Xolo is about six years old company now. Uh, we focus on uh, solopreneurs, uh, which is like one-man businesses and uh, sole traders. And it's a huge industry. It's about uh, twice India's GDP, you know, like it's trillions of dollars and, uh, on of economic impact, which lacks, uh, let's say, its own oracles and SAPs and um, platform companies. There's rarely a company which has more than 100,000 customers in, in that space. And we are one of those. We have about 80,000 people uh, on our platform. Uh, and what we do for them is basically putting together SaaS with fintech. So we provide a platform that solopreneurs can use to run the business, uh, starting from registration, either incorporation or registration of a sole trader, to accounting and uh, running the business on our SaaS platform, to actually providing accounting service, which is highly automated, but we really do accounting and um, tax filings in different countries. And it also has integrated banking functionality. And either we provide the banking functionality or we integrate through open, open banking or we integrate with payment gateways and so on. So it's basically a one-stop shop for a solopreneur to launch and run the business. And our goal is to you know, save about 10 times the time we spent on business administration. And we have pretty much succeeded doing that. Well, cool, super. As a as a solopreneur, I, I can totally appreciate a, a one-stop shop for everything. Um, so I wanted to get started with kind of uncovering what makes Estonia so special. Um, so I guess let's let's stick with you, Alan. In your opinion, what has been the secret sauce towards uh, you know making Estonia one of the markets in Europe that has the most startups per capita? Yeah, sure. So first of all, some basic facts. And Estonia has 1.3 million inhabitants, which makes it one of the smallest countries in Europe. But it is really uh, much bigger when it comes to startups. And, uh, based on different uh, calculations, Estonia is in top three in the world of startups per capita, and basically to get together with the United States and Israel. So it is somewhat similar to Israel, I would say, a small country uh, with very, very strong technology sector. And uh, there are different reasons for that. And, uh, first of all, Estonia is very, very small. And uh, this means that it's almost impossible to become rich or build a big business in Estonia alone. You need to become an international from day one and build an international business. So secondly, Estonia is very, very close to the Nordic countries, and it is essentially part of the Nordic tech economy, if you wish. And um, so 
links and connections have been developed early on and um, have contributed a lot to Estonian success. And some, uh, basically about 15 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, we started started to get to very strong startups and maybe the most notable one is Skype obviously like that's in everybody's minds when it comes to Estonia and uh, very many people who are now active in in startup scene as they have been parts of uh, part of those in the startups and many people from Skype alumni have started new businesses maybe the most notable in fintech space being uh, transferwise or now wise which is going to be listed in in a few days time uh, since this recording but also many others and um, this kind of going in waves and uh, so uh, like in very typical fashion so uh, the company becomes big as they get exited and uh, people go away and launch a new new businesses and i believe we are now like into third or fourth wave of startups and um, it's kind of non-stoppable and i see that um, estonia is doing very many things right and so it has a very simple government system, very simple tax system, uh, sort of lots of people, uh, lots of expats uh, living in Estonia and participating in those startups. Around every third or fourth people in Estonian startups uh, are not Estonians, so, uh, which is, again, not very very common in, in other countries or in Europe. And uh, that has brought together lots of different ideas and cultures and approaches um, uh, and um, contributed to the overall success. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably a good uh, overview by Alana. In, in general level, I, I was when Alana was kind of talking, I was thinking what, what makes like Estonian startups. I also talk with other country startups, and um, and Estonia has somehow. I always have a feeling that Estonian startups need to make one extra step than uh, all other uh, country startups. Because if you come from the small country. You have kind of okay. We all think uh, from the day one globally. So we uh, there's like no point. What Alan mentioned, no point to build product for the Estonian. Uh, there's even no point to make it for the Baltic states. Uh, so you need to do it globally. But still, you build that global product. You always start from Estonia. Like even let's say Baltia, you launch products in Estonia, and and like when you to go to the investors and whatever you have achieved in Estonia, it actually like doesn't count. Because that's like it's like uh, it's a garden of it's like so small country. Prove before you get the money. Prove that you can actually do business in some normal country as well. So uh, and, uh, and 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 that, that, that I don't know whether that extra step is good or bad, but like everyone kind of does it. Uh, and uh, and maybe that makes us a little bit more. And it's also kind of and and what's. And then the fundraising is actually more difficult because we all, more, almost all Estonian startups, I think they raise money with very strong fundamentals. When I'm comparing Estonian startups to, let's say, uh, normal-sized country startups, then uh, I think we are like always, the valuations are two times lower compared to the like, actual results. Because we kind of deliver, uh, we need to prove before we get money. And when you are, let's say, in Germany, then when a story is strong, you have some uh, traction in Germany, then you already can you do raise 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 a lot of money. I don't know whether it's good or bad, but that's kind of maybe my observation when I'm seeing the struggle of Estonian startups compared to the like similar ones in the other country. So um, yeah, uh, that's maybe one to add. So. Yeah. 
Interesting. Maybe just to add to Risto, one interesting fact, and uh, Estonian Starks don't die for some reason. It's like very strange. Like usually <laughs> in, in Silicon Valley, you, know, you, you can count like half of the startups are gone after five or seven years. I can only probably list in, in like five fingers the number of startups and uh, have died in Estonia in the last five, seven years. So uh, for some reason, uh, they just continue pulling forward. And, and like even if there are tough times, um, uh, they somehow get through them. It's very, very different mentality in that aspect uh, from, let's say, American Die, die quickly mentality. Um. That was a very extensive overview. Just to add a couple of points, I really agree with Risto here regarding the uh, fundamentals. I would even make a bold statement. I would say that whenever you compare an Estonian startup with any other startup from states or Western Europe operating in the same industry, most likely the Estonian startup will have lower OPEX operating expenses. We're extremely frugal. Uh, we're extremely lean, and I think it also comes from the fact that we're a small country. We don't have too many resources, so we have learned, you know, like the hard way to keep everything like really, really carefully from human resources to well, finances, whatever you call. Think, thanks for adding that point. I think, yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. And I, I've been hearing that from other, you know, smaller countries with a, you know, a strong startup scene. And I wanted to touch upon something. I mean, you know. Would you say that a lot of the investment then is coming from um, former Estonian startup founders? Like, you know, do the angel investors, I mean, Risto, you mentioned that you're investing, you know, primarily in Estonian companies. Is it kind of like the cycle of, you know, successful startups in Estonian giving back? Is that the main source of funding in, in the market? And I think that's uh, quite standard everywhere. So you uh, early stage money is always uh, taken from, uh, let's say, close to your uh, network. So, and, and yes, of course, uh, I think uh, almost all uh, startup founders who exit or not even like when they can do some kind of partial exit, then right away they start uh, investing into uh, other companies. And, and I think these are these ways what Alan, Alan mentioned. So, uh, so I think uh, like we have probably all of these things covered. We have now quite strong agent Eight angel, angel network. Uh, we have uh, already quite many seed stage fund in Estonia, and uh, up until let's say B series. Again, in principle, the A series you can do like Estonia, but I think probably uh, from one million onwards, you have already uh, let's say foreign funds coming in. But before that, it's mostly done uh, locally, and I think Estonia now has quite a lot of money already, and. Um, and that's uh, the, these are the reasons of these uh, exits because the, the, the non-startup money is it doesn't usually find the ways it doesn't usually come to the start it's like it's a different mindset investing into startups uh, and I think it's uh, very rarely these people are doing that for uh, uh, earning a lot of money it's more like uh, I, I tend to call it like expensive hobby so uh, that's that's what it most likely is so uh, and when we get money back then that's of, mostly of course uh, we will get but you know it's, it's you don't do it with the reason that I need to make 25% return a yearly otherwise I, I, don't, I think that there are not other arguments behind that and, um, and I think that's that's really important for a startup uh, environment that you have the local angel money Last year, Estonian startups raised uh, close to 500 million euros in capital, you know, which is uh, amazing for a country of 1.3 million people. 
And on per capita basis, uh, it's about uh, 10 times more than European average. So it's even bigger on per capita basis than, I don't know, Sweden or UK. And uh, Estonian startups have raised more money than like Finland's uh, Finnish startup ecosystem together in, in absolute terms. And Finland is five times bigger country. So it is amazing. And, uh, and um, uh, it tells a lot about the collective startups. Around 82, sorry, 92% of the capital uh, came from uh, foreign investors. Yes, in, in early stage, like in seed, pre-seed, there were angel investors and, uh, involved. Uh, obviously, local capital plays a very important role and uh, some, a very often decisive role. But when we speak about hundreds of mainlands, so that money must be coming from international sources. But maybe one very important thing is not only about capital, it's also uh, all sort of contacts and advice and network and, and so on. So that's um, very, very strong, uh, again, locally. Local founders at the ecosystem is very strong and angels are contributing a lot. And that has helped many of the local startups uh, to gain speed very rapidly. Yeah, I think also like that network is another kind of element. What I thought is that I think it's kind of uh, you believe that you can do the successful startup when you see that the guy with whom we work together in Skype or both he did it. So like, what? he's not like really really much better than I am. I think it kind of gives that self confidence that is needed that Estonians are like actually I think probably quite low self confidence level uh, compared to let's say uh, US or this kind of. But but I think that boost has been given to the Estonian uh, startup entrepreneurs. We can do it. If kind of these guys did it, I do it as well. And that seemed like as important probably than, than, than funding. And yeah, as my colleagues have said, the best part is uh, the more mature startups give birth to a new generation of startups. I think we have all, well, my colleagues here, we have seen last year that the Pipedrive employees have formed, uh, well, quite some, quite a few syndicates and invest into new startups. And from my own experience, last summer I had an interesting case uh, my colleague, who was the head of operations department in Estonia, he left, uh, well, my department to start his own startup, and about half of my team invested in his idea. So while he was working at Bolt, he learned all the ropes, how to you know manage operations, he came up with his own idea, and then he got investment from his colleagues. And I'm pretty sure this was happening in other startups, you know, uh, in Estonia as well. And this is quite interesting, I would say. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's quite an interesting way to keep, you know, fueling the the startup mindset and, and keeping it local. Um, my last maybe question. One, one more is... interesting thing before we ask another question. Like, I think Estonia is the only country. I think it's the only country where I think almost all of the startup founders are in one Slack uh, channel. We have that uh, founder society, like 130. Uh, members there and you can see let's say the founders of uh, Vice there and you can see some new guys who just yesterday made the startups and it's one community uh, we talk we do events we uh, chat in Slack on a daily basis and I think I, I don't whether, whether someone has heard that it exists in another country but I I doubt so it's, it's quite that's quite powerful yeah Risto I think you read my mind because that was going to be my next question What's the... Yeah, that's another, that's another uh, skill of the Estonians. Um, yeah, I mean, that was my question around, you know, what, how, you know, you, you mentioned there's a strong kind of network and, and advisory. So, I mean, I, I think that's probably yeah, the only market where all the startups are, are part of a one uh, Slack channel. I mean, apart from that Slack channel, what else is happening in terms of, you know, 
is it like everything's kind of concentrated in Tallinn? Is there a, you know, it seems that there's a close-knit community. Um, from my experience in, in London, it was a very, very, very close-knit uh, fintech community, which, you know, has helped London become such a strong scene. Whereas, you know, in, in Germany, things are a bit more kind of segmented throughout um you know, Germany. Um, so it's definitely not as a, not as a cohesive as a, um, you know, startup in, in fintech scene. So what else is there besides a founder Slack that I'm sure a lot of people would pay good money to get into from the Estonian uh, founders? That's actually a pretty cool idea to monetize that Slack channel and <laughs> just allow people to monitor it for free. Three for a few thousand euros per month. Yeah. But uh, you asked about uh, Tallinn. So Tallinn, Estonia has two main cities, uh, Tallinn and Tartu, which is um, just a smaller university town of like 100,000 people. And um, some people have compared Estonia to the capital area and then the national park, and uh, which is maybe is, uh, partly true. So it is very much uh, concentrated in Tallinn and to a certain extent in Tartu. And, um, and Tallinn obviously is very close to Helsinki. It's about... Um, two hours on boat or maybe 20 minutes on on, on plane uh, so uh, it has some some connections also the finnish ecosystem uh, in that, that aspect so but um, uh, overall i would say it, uh, if you take estonia the estonian startup ecosystem is also very well represented in, in other, systems, other cities like uh, london for example uh, to a lesser extent, uh, Berlin. It used to be present in the US and in the like, Bay Area and Silicon Valley. So not too much anymore because you know, almost everybody has moved back uh, to Europe. And uh, there, is, there is a great exodus from Silicon Valley, not only of Estonians, but everybody else. So, uh, But uh, London seems to be like the second biggest Estonian startup town, I would say, if, if you, you need to count the people uh, residing there. Cool. Um, Alexi, anything you want to add in terms of, um, yeah, uh, your experience from, um, you know, anything happening kind of specifically in, Ta- in Tallinn um, or, yeah, uh, any? Not in Tallinn per se. Uh, mm. One thing perhaps to add that Technopol have recently tried to specifically target the Estonian uh, Northeast, which is a predominantly Russian-speaking area. We have the third biggest city in there, which is, you know, I would say like 90% Russian-speaking. So we had a hypothesis to test if there are also, you know, people and ideas which can, which need a bit of more push just due to language barriers or whatever. It's still too early to make uh, a, a conclusion yet. We've been only doing it for about half a year. Mm-hmm. But my point being that, yeah, we don't only focus on Tallinn. We're just going, uh, thinking about going into other areas as well to see if there is any untapped potential still left missing. Okay, interesting. Great. So we're going to jump to the break now. So we've set the scene um, for, you know, understanding what makes uh, Estonia so special when it comes to such a high uh, success rate when it comes to to startups. I'd love to get uh, my hands on that statistic around how many startups have actually died in Estonia and, and how that compares. So yeah, we'll jump to a quick break and then bring you back to part two, where we'll dive a bit more into, you know, the, the kind of trends in the fintech space in Estonia and where some of the the key um, startups in the fintech space, what verticals they're actually sitting in. The FTS Fest is back. As 2021 develops, it will become more and more apparent how this year can truly mark the start of a second fintech revolution. Starting with a focus on sustainability, financial inclusion and impact investing, topics that today must be considered transversely. We'll explore trends that are already shaking up the industry, 
such as embedded and centralized finance plotting. Be part of the fintech revolution 2.0. Join ftsfest.com. Welcome back to part two of Breaking Banks Europe episode 87, Ecosystem Zoom in on Estonia. So kicking off uh, the second part, I want to start with, you know, what sectors and verticals um, the Estonian fintechs are, are sitting under. So I was reading that uh, the market's pretty much dominated by digital asset exchange, fintechs or, or digital lending. Um, is this correct or is there, you know, a, a broad um, spectrum of, of what areas the fintechs are playing in uh, currently? Yeah, who wants to take it? So I think I, I, I maybe can, like in, in general level, it seems to be that Estonians tend to do more B2B than B2C, right? Because... Uh, because the market is small, so with the B2B, I mean, that's also kind of less risk. And, and we, we kind of, I think in in a banking and in insurance, uh, we have many B2B companies. So um, I think probably that's like, in general, one thing. I, I don't know how many right, lending, mar- there, there are kind of uh, lending marketplaces as well. Um, so I don't know whether, whether you want to dig into specific uh, companies uh, what we should discuss or um, or keep it on a more general level uh, so. maybe maybe the overall landscape uh, i was just taking a look and uh, at at sort of map of estonian fintech companies prior to this uh, recording and uh, I, I must admit i didn't know half of the companies so it's an, uh, even if i'm very well connected in in in, uh, in the startup scene so um, estonia seems to have startups in every segment of fintech and and of course there are some really big companies like if you take wise which is not uh, the largest estonian founded uh, fintech not in only estonia, estonia but one of the biggest in europe and uh, there are several uh, smaller ones like monies uh, operating out from london but essentially being an estonian in fintech and um, and so on so uh, maybe one interesting thing is that uh, there is a full separate universe of crypto companies and uh, it usually is a bit separate from the rest of startup communities they don't interact too much uh, but there are hundreds of companies involved in crypto in different aspects estonia also was one of the like a flag of convenience countries uh, for crypto companies to get li- and, uh, registered and licensed um, especially a few years ago uh, and there is about maybe two thousand usually foreign owned uh, companies registered in Estonia for crypto uh, markets. And uh, to be honest, uh, not too many people have idea what those people do. And um, and as I said, it was a big wave of registrations. Now it's gone down. But um, I have heard that uh, the crypto guys also have some remarkably interesting companies um, uh, doing really interesting stuff. So, but in in, in like mainstream, uh, as I mentioned so uh, we do have um, digital banks and like in, uh, payment institutions like Wines and Moniz and a few others. And uh, we have uh, payment firms, and some of them have been exited. We have very strong banking technology firms like Modular Bank um, and Pocosus, which got sold to Opera a few years ago. So, uh, and uh, obviously insurance tech uh, represented by Resto here. So, uh, yes, well, it's, it's like very, very. Uh, 
wide landscape and um, lots of those companies are still early stage so but uh, i believe we will see a few more unicorns emerging uh, from that and that's a threat cool thank thanks for the overview alan uh that's very interesting about the uh yeah, I, I guess what's happening in the crypto space and, you know, the easy licensing and over 2000 companies, but also interesting that the crypto community kind of, you know, I guess they kind of stay away a bit from the, the fintech community. Uh, interesting. So, I mean, I guess with, with some of the fintechs, um, you know, like Wise Money, some of the other in, in the payments, you mentioned that, you know, Estonian startups start out thinking globally rather than locally. Um, but are they using like Estonia as, as the test ground, um, whether they're in B2B or B2C or as kind of the MVP always focused on, you know, how, how can we offer a solution that's globally applicable that we can, you know, scale and, and expand to quite, quite quickly? Because, um, yeah, Alan, I saw that Zolo is now... Uh, I think offering uh, solutions in in Spain. So, how does that work in terms of product development? Sure. Yeah. So now regarding if, if companies start from Estonia, some do, uh, some don't. And, uh, as a former venture capitalist, I, I can very much just relate to what Risto said, uh, said earlier. Now, getting Estonian references and Estonian experience is not actually a good sign, sometimes even opposite, because you may get very wrong understanding how the world and how your business works. It's very, very easy to pick up everybody's one phone call away in Estonia, but then it doesn't work this way in, in, in the rest of the world. So, uh, But I believe many of the companies take the benefit of um, what Estonia has to offer as an ecosystem. And we already spoke about uh, angels and founders and so on but also the country itself. And uh, when it comes to Xolo, for example, our roots on uh, where we started six years ago uh, was in a program called Estonia's e-residency. So Estonia was a f one of the first countries and still one of the few countries in, uh, which is offering uh, government-issued digital identity that opens the door to the government's digital infrastructure so that people could do everything like from founding companies to paying taxes uh, very easily and completely online. And uh, we started from that. Uh, so our business is global. We're offering Estonia uh, as a country of incorporation for the founders from all over the world. We have customers from more countries than United Nations members, including one from North Korea or carrying North Korean passport. But um, uh, Again, it doesn't mean that uh, we are doing Estonian business. We're using Estonia as a platform. And uh, after gaining experience with this kind of an ex expat and location independent crowd, we have moved now to launch the same platform or same business in, in different national markets, starting from Spain, but extending mm. it to, you know, to other European countries soon. Oh, I could actually mention one point regarding the testing ground in Estonia. So as you know, uh, Vault still has the HQ here in Tallinn. And uh, whenever we launch a new product vertical, yeah, we didn't have any exceptions. We always start with our hometown. And if you think it's the easy way, I have to argue here, for some of the business verticals, it was really arguable or debatable. Last example, in May, we launched the car sharing. Uh, right now, it only operates in Estonia. And we started in Tallinn. And my friends, uh, one of my friends who works as a transportation engineer and who had experience in car sharing, he was debating that in Tallinn, the unit economics wouldn't make sense because the city is not big enough and car sharing is pretty much an ideal thing for a megapolis, you know, a huge city. 
And I'm quite proud to say that after almost yeah, two months of operations, so far we're seeing good results and most likely we'll scale it. But back to your question, yes, we still start in Estonia with whatever the new product we have normally. Thank you. Risto, any, anything to add from the InsurTech space? Oh, there's an amazing number of InsurTech companies in Estonia. I think when I when I started my, let's say, maybe if someone would have asked me like four or five years ago, how many InsurTechs do you think will come out of Estonia? I think I would have say one, two, three. I think like 10 of them. It's, like, it's a lot. And uh, it's really, uh, I, I thought that uh, maybe I, I'm also the exception, but it seems to be the case that, that most of the InsurTechs are done by non-insurance people. And uh, doing like the... Uh, global insured tech company outside of, or from Estonia, like that, that, that didn't make no sense for me uh, in, 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 like in, in the beginning. So, okay, I, I could imagine my, I had some technology, some history, but then some guys come and do the insured tech uh, out of nowhere. And, and that's really cool. And uh, there is, let's say, Cache guys, uh, Insmo, uh, there's now uh, like Rendin, then, but like, so many of them. So, uh, and uh, it's uh, like, Every year they create two, uh, one or two or three more. Although maybe on a like, London level, it's nothing. But yeah. thinking, putting that into perspective, it's uh, it's actually quite uh, mind blowing, at least uh, for uh, for for me. So uh, that's cool. Cool, awesome. Yeah, maybe no, maybe if we, I would offer one observation here. So uh, mm -hmm. I would say. The absolute majority of Estonian startups, and they start from uh, pretty naive. An approach uh, to the business they are tackling. And uh, many of those are not coming from the industry they are trying to disrupt. And I would say that most people, they just look on how complex it is in some other countries and ask, uh, like coming from a very simple country and very simple environment of Estonia, where everything is simple uh, by default. So we ask questions, why should it be so complex? And in, in many cases, it is it should not be so complex. And that's how, I don't know, TransferWise got started years ago. And why, why like, moving uh, currencies must be so expensive or, like, in, uh, how Bolt was founded. Like, why shall the taxi industry be so complex and uh, not user-friendly? So uh, same with us in Xolo. So we, we look at um, how solopreneurs or sole traders or, like, in, in one-man companies are treated in terms of taxation and bureaucracy in different countries. We ask, uh, why on earth should it be so complex? And can we simplify it? Can we make it like 10 times more simpler? And if we can't maybe change the government's uh, approaches in other countries, we can at least build an interface so that we actually hide the complexity and make it simple for, uh, for the customers. And that's um, uh, overall uh, striving to simplicity in, and, and uh, like reducing complexity and like optimizing and simplifying different business processes and also in finance seems to be a trademark of Estonian startup economy. Yeah, I, I also can maybe add one interesting observation from my side. I'm usually meeting these insured tech entrepreneurs when they have the idea. And then and I'm like, that doesn't make like, usually no sense for me what they want. Because I also feel like I'm, I've been in, in industry for 20 years. And then like... And, and actually, the end result, and, and fast forward three years, now they are doing completely different things that they actually pitched uh, in the beginning. And they, what they actually started with didn't make no sense, but that doesn't matter. So there is kind of uh, uh, that I don't tie, I do three pivots, 
and uh, and uh, when they and, and then they come up with something like really really reasonable at the end of the day. So um, like uh, comparing, and, and then you talk with some insurance professional. Like the, the, if, if that person that gives you that story in the beginning can actually execute that, then you can uh, everything is possible. So um, and, and and you have that kind of determinus uh, to make something happen, and you know they get hit against the wall. They do it again and again. And I think that's kind of at least in insurance tech space, I've seen that uh, like many many times. So. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of cool. Yeah, it sounds. I think it's going back to you know that that idea of kind of you know the the resiliency of uh, within this uh, Estonian mindset. Um, I want to touch upon kind of the you know what role the government, the regulator, plays in supporting and in helping to create such a vibrant and successful fintech community. Um, so, I mean, Alan, you mentioned you know about the um, the e residency scheme. Um, you know, would you say this has uh, helped? To, to you know perhaps um you know raise awareness of estonia has has this you know has one of the results been you know a highly digital um place to do business what role does the government have in kind of uh the success of estonia sure. yeah it's been probably in making for the last 30 years when Estonia got the independent because uh, back in, in 91, 92, uh, when the foundation of uh, the country was set up, uh, many of the pillars are still there, like a very simple tax system, for example, and low, uh, relatively low taxes, um, very easy uh, overall regulatory environment or let's say administration environment, e-government and, and so on. So, uh, and that's Maybe I could sum it up. The government is not actually messing with business and it lets the business to grow. And uh, the government was behind also creating the venture capital industry in the country uh, by launching the government-owned fund. And again, based on like Finland's and Israel's experience uh, about 15 years ago. And it kickstarted the overall venture capital industry and then it was closed down because it was not longer needed. So again, very, very important in the early emergence of, of the startup community. So uh, you asked about the regulator. So regulator is a financial supervisor authority and um, it is uh, obviously a separate branch of the government. And they have different other mandates so they need to of course monitor compliance and it is obviously a controversial issue because on one hand you need to you need to make sure that everything works and there is no like money laundering and stuff so at the same time you need to get the full ecosystem evolving. And I sense that the Estonian regulator is kind of caught between a rock and a hard place oftentimes. About four or five years ago, we had a pretty big scandal regarding money laundering, which was related to foreign-owned Estonian banks like Danske Bank from Denmark, most of all. And that made the regulator very cautious and the overall banking system very cautious. So let's say the overall Estonian banking system which is majority owned by Scandinavian banks. So uh, is again, a bit of like universe on its own. And um, there are only a few uh, local banks uh, who are uh, more inclined to work with, uh, with the startup community. So it's difficult for me to comment uh, if the regulator is, like, how, how they are treating uh, fintech startups, maybe Risto, uh, I think you, you need to deal with them. Uh, so how do you feel it? Uh, bad. So, uh, yeah. uh, regardless of our regulator, 
mm. our fintech industry is good. Like Estonian regulator, like they are not kind of. I think they're really. Uh, they, they don't take any risks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, you can assume that yes, that's the job of the regulator not to take risks. But like comparing, when you know what the UK regulator is, then I think they are much more supportive. They are much more uh, like uh, open uh, for the startup. Uh, Estonian regulator is very conservative. Like mm-hmm. uh, I think one of the most conservative that, that I, I've seen in the world. And also many uh, Estonian uh, insurers actually licensed uh, them uh, outside of Estonia because uh, okay. just, uh, they try. They try. Sometimes they try. They are. They are not like the bad people. You can you can see kind of they actually want, but there is something that is holding them. Maybe because they are all lawyers. Uh, like there is like it's. it's Everyone in the management board seems to be the lawyers. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know, but I think that's kind of the mindset. They just they only see the risks. Uh, so, but but like uh, regardless of that, uh, you, it's it's possible to do. It's possible to talk with them. Possible to agree with, uh, the things with them. But I certainly would like to see much more openness, much more support from from regulators that they actually are um, are providing. Um, yeah, I think Estonian government is another interesting animal. I think like uh, Estonian businesses are not uh, really good at selling themselves. The Estonian government is. I think when one thing is like oversold, that's Estonian government. And and, 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 and in a good way, uh, I think like when like the ease of doing the business, it's like actually it's not so much better than everybody else. But the image that we have created is super good. And I think that's maybe that's kind of Estonian business should, should, should learn from Estonian government how to oversell uh, itself. So um, I think that's kind of my my take on that uh, government and supervisor authorities. So I'm, I'm not really big fan yeah. of governments at all. Uh, as a, yeah. but, but Estonian, I think it's kind of they're okay. They are, if, if mm. everywhere else, it's it's uh, like it's any Estonians like are reasonable. The government is, let's say, yep. it's, it's okay. So, but, but regulators should be really more innovative. I think that we, yeah. we benefit a lot out of that. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, Alexi, a question for you. Um, so I guess, you know, Bolt, would you consider Bolt a super app? Um, and if yes, you know, how how would you approach kind of playing in, in the fintech or, or payments or financial services space? That's a good question. Thank you. Well, we definitely are aiming to become a super app. Mm-hmm. However, would I say that we are already a super app right now? Perhaps not yet. Because in my opinion, we might discuss, we might debate regarding the about the uh, concept, but probably by super app you mean a solution or a product which can you know solve all, all your daily needs. Right now, we are still mostly focusing on logistics, urban mobility, and delivery. So we still need to add at least some financial services or something like that, and we'll probably be moving in this direction. But for mm-hmm. now, it's still the focus is urban mobility and delivery. Yep. Gotcha. Okay, thank you. So I'd, I'd like to wrap up um, the podcast with with one question from my guests. Um, you know, what advice would you give to fintechs outside of Estonia? Um, so it's quite clear that, you know, there's a highly successful, highly collaborative um, fintech space in, in Estonia. Um, lots of success stories. Um, so, you know, what 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 can other fintechs, I guess, learn from what Estonia is is doing right? So, uh, Alexi, let's let's start off with you. 
Uh, I'll probably start with the thing which surprised me because I came to startups and to both specifically from a financial sector. I used to work at a relatively big brokerage. And the first thing which really surprised or even amazed me, I would say even blew my mind completely, is how people help each other in the ecosystem. In Estonian startup ecosystem, it's completely fine for you to approach a guy whom you don't know in another startup, ask for advice, and most likely he or she will reply to you, yeah, you can solve this, solve this in an ABC way. And uh, my point being, you know, try to be more helpful. Uh, you don't have to compete with everybody. I mean, the world's a huge place. There's enough business for everyone. And uh, if we all help each other, well, Estonian example shows that we can achieve what we stop with small resources. Okay, thank you. Risto? Yeah, I think uh, as I have worked in um, London uh, and in other different uh, countries, uh, now I have spent my last uh, 18 months working only from Estonia. Uh, actually, Estonia is an, a really good place to work. So if you don't need to have the um, license from the regulator, then Estonia is a perfect place to do the your fintech company. I think it's uh, it's, it's close to London. Like uh, it's a very relaxed place to work uh, like like you, the stress level in estonia is probably uh, five times more than anywhere else so it's just nature is good uh, people are uh, good uh, and uh, it's a like, good to work here and uh, let's say that's kind of uh, one of the at least it should be the top three place uh, to do your company so uh, yeah that's, that's sure. If I may, a quick comment to add. Uh, when it comes to the challenges of our ecosystem, it's hard to find enough talent. So we're actually bringing people from outside of Estonia. And most likely, when you bring people from, let's say, Western Europe, everybody says that Estonia is also surprising. It's hard to attract people here in the first place. But when they arrive, they actually understand that living here is really nice. You have a, a very com comfortable lifestyle compared to, again, Western Europe. You don't spend time on logistics. The air is clean and nature is perfect. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Even, even though the winters can be quite dark, it's worth it. No, snow, <laughs> white snow will make it uh, light again. So, <laughs> Alan, what would your advice be? Yeah. So my, my advice, uh, I'm not maybe like the. My, my my friends uh, advertised Estonia a lot already, but um, basically my, my key advice uh, was maybe to take some of the Estonian approach when it comes to building a fintech. So take a big market, uh, take a big problem, and then try to simplify it uh, as much as possible and uh, not to try to build another, I don't know, IBM or Oracle at an advance, but mm. build something really simple that helps lots of people uh, to simplify something. Or make something easier, uh, and then you can of course scale from that and add new businesses and functions. Like Bolt has been adding new business lines now, like every three or six months. But uh, you need to start from something very simple and really execute on that. And please, please focus on fixing the problem, not finding the solution. Because at being a mentor, the most sorry, but the most annoying thing which, which I see is when a new team comes and they show a solution and there is no clear problem which the solution is fixing. You know, it's a classical mistake and it's a bit of annoying. So please, please, please focus on the problem. Okay, thank you so much, um, gentlemen. It was really nice to hear about what makes Estonia um, so successful. I think our listeners will definitely kind of, you know, take away, um, you know, for, uh, you know, how, how to implement, let's call it the, the Estonian mindset. Um, so, you know, focusing on the problems, um, you know, a high amount of resilience, collaboration, um, you know, thinking, I guess, um, 
you know, maybe perhaps with a international expansion mindset first when, when, you know, launching your product and yeah, I mean, I'm definitely sold on, on Estonia. It sounds like an awesome place. And despite the darkness, I think I'm convinced to, it'd be a great place to, yeah, find that nice work-life balance, have the nature. And I think it'd be worth it to get into that uh, Estonia founders uh, Slack group that you mentioned. <laughs> So great. Um, let's leave it with, um, if you could share where our listeners can find out more about yourselves and, and your company, that'd be super. Um, Alexi, where can people um, find out more about you and more about uh, Bolt? Well, I think regarding Bolt, all the information is on the website, bolt.eu. Uh, as for myself, I think LinkedIn would be the default uh, way to contact me. Super. Thank you. And Risto? Yeah, I think the same here. Uh, visit my LinkedIn profile, message me there, or insley.com is the Insley web site in case, in, in unlikely event, you need the insurance software. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And Alan? Yes, and uh, our company's website is xolo, X-O-L-O dot I-O, and um, any freelancer, solopreneur, sole trader uh, shall go and sign up immediately, and including you, Megan. And uh, I can be contacted uh, on LinkedIn, so uh, that's the easiest way for me as well. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, and thank you for our listeners. Um, this was Breaking Banks Europe, episode 87, Ecosystems Zoom in on Estonia. Thank you again to my guests. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.